they call him Millenniums. It is a legend that has been around since the dawn of man. Many think it could even be part human, a long lost distant cousin of Homo sapien, able to elude humans in the growing civilizations around it. It has been seen on at least six continents and has stricken fear into many of those who are unlucky enough to come across it. Whether you call it a Yowie, a Yeti, a Skunk Ape, or a Sasquatch, once you've seen one, you will never forget. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Fringe Voyage. I am John and I will be leading you on this trip into the weird. Tonight we have a guest that is a friend that is near and dear to me. Uh, We grew up together. There's pictures of us from back when we were just little lads. Uh, We went to school with each other, and after college, we kind of went our separate ways, and we have found our way back to, you know, talking to each other a little bit more than we had been. Um, But anyway, Nathan is a deputy down in southern West Virginia, and he works with some people that have had some interesting Sasquatch experiences. So, we're going to talk to him about that, and we'll probably get into some other stuff uh, as far as cryptids go and who knows we may even get a little bit of paranormal supernatural type stuff in there um but it was a really good interview i really enjoyed talking with nathan and uh he's an excellent storyteller so you guys sit back and enjoy the show tell us a little bit about yourself well well as you know uh you and i have been friends for I don't know what, probably over 30 years. Yeah, and, a bit uh, of it. <laughs> and we, we share a lot of the common interests, um, that some of which we're going to be talking about this evening. And, uh, you know, certain ideas. Um, some stories were given to me um, when I transferred to the department that I currently work at. A uh, guy that I've become very close with over the last three years, um, whom is probably one of the most honest and stellar individuals that I've, that I've ever met. Uh, got a hell of a background. Um, and let, let me, let me just put it this way. Anything this guy says, I believe because of, of his background, he's just, uh, just one of those guys, uh, retired military, uh, spent 23 years in the Marine Corps and, uh, retired at a very high rank, um, you know, he's been overseas multiple times, and uh, he was, I'm pretty sure he was Special Forces. I'm not sure if he was a Marine Raider or if it was Marine Recon or, anyway, one way or the other, the guys, he, he's seen some shit. Yeah, uh, Marines uh, are pretty, pretty no nonsense. Oh, people, no, so. buddy, I'm telling you, yeah, it's, it, I've, I've actually read a lot of articles where, uh you know, former presidents uh, years and years ago said the finest fighting force in the world was the Marines. Right. And that's going down to, you know, your plain Jane guys. You know, you, I don't even know if, if the Marines have an MOS of, a, of a, you know, a laundry guy, but even the laundry guy knows how to shoot a gun. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, when you're in the Marine Corps, that's one thing that they, they, they make sure they, they right. teach you is uh, how to shoot. So anyway, this uh, friend of mine, uh, he's a very, very big, 
uh, into Sasquatch, Bigfoot, as am I. Right. And, and, uh, we were just, you know, sharing different theories, um, which he, he and I had different theories on the entire phenomenon, but, uh, he really, he really opened up my mind to other possibilities, uh, based on some experiences that he's had. Mm. He's had, um, a total of, uh, three experiences, uh, wow. with Sasquatch related things, two of which were in West Virginia. Wow. And, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, and you know, in, in one of the things about, uh, the, the theory that I have, which ties into a theory that he has mm-hmm. is, um, that, you know, in West Virginia, you know, I, I've been, and as you know, I've been, um, an outdoorsman, well, since I was pretty much old enough to walk and I've spent countless hours in, in the woods hiking and, and hunting and fishing. And, uh, but, but where mine and my friend's experience differs is where I've spent a lot of that time, you know, on, on, on private land or on state land, whereas his experiences were always with federal land, mm-hmm. which I, I'm, I'm sorry, but after researching it myself, I think that there's something to look into with that uh, sightings and federal land. I'll just I'll, I'll leave it at that. So, so are we talking like a national forest? Is that what you're? Nas- yes, okay. national forest, uh, uh, military bases. Uh, you know, anything that the federal government owns. Right. And you know, just to pause on the story real quick and just kind of point something out. If if you actually look at a map of the United States, and you and you and you bring up national forests mm-hmm. or federal federally owned land. If you look at at, at where it is, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. It is the most random, sporadic. But if you also take that into account with Sasquatch and and even UFO sightings, it it's you, you just have to look at it yourself to see what I'm what, what I'm getting at. It, it, there's a high concentration in those federal areas now i have taken a map of sasquatch sightings ufo sightings and nuclear power plants Ah. and national parks Mm -hmm. and it is incredible when you look at them where the clustering is and they all seem to cluster in the same areas they they do And, and i'll tell you since you brought that up i'm actually really curious um to see that uh, any any of the uh, disappearances, like uh, like like like, are you familiar with the missing four one one stuff? Yes, yes, I've uh, I've seen the videos and I've heard several interviews that uh, David Pilates has done. And and where is a lot of that happening? Uh, they're all in national parks. Um, so he, you see what I mean? <laughs> well, you so, know. A lot of, and, and this is just a little reference for people that don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Missing four one one is uh, was started by David Pilates, which is an ex uh, ex uh, officer, and he basically uh, has started documenting disappearances in national parks. Well, in doing so, he has uh, went to the government and had. Freedom of Information Act requests sent in for missing persons in these parks. The government basically stonewalled him and told him that it was going to cost him millions of dollars to get these documents. He just kind of, you know, I'm not doing that. So it tells you that something's up. And he's also had a couple, I've heard him say a couple of times that uh, park rangers have cooperated him and said, yeah, there's there's something something strange going on in these parks. But uh, go ahead and continue. I just wanted to kind of reference that for anybody that uh, no, no, might no, be, yeah, might be confused at what missing 411 is, which by the yeah, way, if you no. have a chance, check it out. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I mean, I, I got real intrigued about that stuff mm-hmm. uh, a while back. But anyway, the, uh, the first story that my friend told me, um, he, he's, he's been an avid hunter his entire life. And, uh, you know, he has like, like you and I have a, uh, select few people that, uh, that he does anything with his circle is really small as mm-hmm. mine is as well. Anyway, him and a couple of his friends, uh, went hiking, uh, up Anthony Creek, which is, uh, yeah. 
right on the border of uh, Pocahontas County and Greenbrier County. Now that's uh, and, uh, that's uh, Monongalia National Forest, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. It sure is. And uh, anyway, uh, they they were hiking up uh, somewhere in 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 that area. I can't remember exactly. Maybe around Blue Bend area. Okay. Yeah, actually, it was Blue Bend area because they they had parked off in that area. But yeah, National Forest. And they they got to a point where they stopped. And what, what the reason they were hiking? They were they were scouting for new areas to to deer hunt. And uh, anyway, they 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 come up on a area which was semi flat. And uh, due to you know increased amounts of rain and things like that, you know there was a creek flowing nearby, and uh, they were sitting there getting their bearings, saying you know trying to figure out which way they were wanting to go. And being military guys, they you know obviously do the coordinates and mapping and things like that. So while they're sitting there talking, um, my friend says, "Hey, I'm gonna I got to take a piss." So. He walks uh, approximately 20, 25 yards away from the group and uh, uses the bathroom, comes back, and, you know, they they get their stuff together and they decide to go in the direction in which he had just went to use the bathroom. And they get over there exactly where he was standing. And it was like uh, right right along uh, and john i know you know what i'm talking about uh being around where we grew up pretty much around a mountain creek i'm i'm familiar uh, i'm familiar with blue bin so okay so uh any any, anyway he uh they 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 walked back over in that general area Mm -hmm. right where he was standing to use the bathroom and there was this um real flat uh not not really like a sand bank but a like a mud bar basically Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, in the middle of that was a handprint, hmm. and he ha- he has photographs um, on his laptop, which I have not got to see yet. But there was a handprint in that mud bank that was not there when he used the bathroom, and they t- they were taking pictures, and they all put their hands up to it, you know, for size referencing, and. This, you know, he he described it as like Andre the Giant, like it was just unbelievable the length and the right. size, the girth of the of the fingers, and things like that. And but it was anyway, just one handprint. One handprint. So and bizarre. and and the thing about it was was the time that he used the bathroom, to the time that they decided to start walking in that direction, there had been approximately I, I think he he estimated between you know four to seven minutes discussion before they decided to walk in that direction and what creeped him out was whatever put it there was there like while they were standing there talking and something that big Mm -hmm. they they didn't see it they didn't hear anything uh so they started looking around for you know depressions in the ground which they were able to find on the leaves and it was going up the side of one of the the hills you know, mm-hmm. like kind of you know, going away from them, and so they followed it. And 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 you, you know, you know, deer beds on leaves had yeah. to have like the depression. Yep. Okay. It was it was pretty much like that. So whatever it was was crawling, like you know, hands and knees type crawling because they were mm-hmm. coming across certain depressions. Um, he he took pictures of all this. They come up on a down tree that had moss on it, mm-hmm. and you can you could see where the hands had grabbed the moss, like the, it, the moss was depressed down and you could see the details of like the fingers, the, the palm, the thumb and everything went up over this log. Mm-hmm. So they continued to follow it. And when they got to the top of the hill where the, the mountain leveled out and it was completely flat, everything stopped all noises, no birds. They couldn't hear the Creek anymore. There was no bugs, no nothing, no, no mosquitoes. That's usually nothing. a bad sign. A, a horrible sign. And and this guy is a highly decorated war veteran. Okay, and I, I've I've been to his home in in in, in his his little man cave, uh, which is would make Rambo look bad. Just right. Put it that way. <laughs> and when he says that he was scared shitless on a lot of the excursions that he told me about behind enemy lines that he, that he had done. 
it just blew my mind. This guy was scared. Now, are, said, are you familiar with, like you said, his incursions behind enemy lines? Do you, do you know what conflicts he was involved in? Just out of curiosity? Uh, he, not, not specifically. I don't okay. know the, the names of um, anything like that, but he was involved in Desert Storm. Okay. Um, and there was, there was a, he was, he's been in Iraq multiple times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I never did ask him what his MOS was because there's just certain questions I don't like to ask because I don't know if it brings up painful memories. Right. Um, but uh, I, I do remember one one specific story that he had told me about where uh, he was he he was on a trail and I can't remember what country he said he was in, but he. You know, since the enemy was coming, so he steps off the trail and he counted over 100 enemy soldiers that just right. walked right past him as he laid there in a ghillie suit and they didn't even know he was there. Right. Okay. And he was like maybe 18 inches from them. And you know, actually, he he used he used a reference like that, mm-hmm. saying that you know he knows what it's like to for you know in in like the, the, the whatever was near him mm-hmm. or in his group. They had no idea that it was there, so that's kind of what like really got him freaked out. Right. But anyway, so also with the no noise and him him being scared, uh, he said he knew he didn't think or feel he knew something was watching them. Right. And so so they backed out, and you know just decided they you know they were not gonna have any part of deer hunting in that area. Right. Uh, very, very freaky experience. Um, now, you said something interesting there. You said uh, at one point he sensed uh, the enemies when he was uh, by the roadside. Uh, a lot of people throw around this um, term, uh, skilled observer, or something like that, where they basically are saying that this person, you know, is, is better at seeing stuff than other people. Now... Um, I myself, I'm, I feel like I'm one of these people because I enjoy observing people and I can usually tell when something's off kilter, when something's not right. And I think Mm -hmm. that there are people that just have this ability, you know, and, you know, it seems to be more prevalent with, you know, military people. I don't know if it's just the training that they've gone through, but. Trained observer, that's the term I was looking for. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think uh, military, and you know, uh, when I became a law enforcement officer, yeah. I think I was about three years, maybe four years into my career before I, I started developing that. Right. Um, by no means am I a master at it, but I do have uh, certain abilities to sense right. when somebody's getting ready to snap or something's not right at like the situation it's it's your job you know like your job is a lot of de-escalation therefore you must you have to know what's the going on in this particular situation and that i think is what you can convey into being a trained observer because once you've been in enough situations you learn just human nature and nature and your surroundings and all that so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because a lot of people use the term trained observer and some people think it's a bunch of hooey. Uh, no, I mean, but, I but, but with him, with him, not only, you know, 23 years in the Marine Corps, right. he's been 17, 18 years as a, as a deputy. He's actually yeah. retiring from our department this summer. Um, so, yeah, so he's, he's had a lifetime of it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, but, uh, uh, now, now there, there's no, there's no, like, you don't hear any animals or anything like that. Did anything else happen further into this encounter? No, not, not with Nothing. that one. No. Okay. no. I'll tell you too, man, sometimes there's a lot of stories of Bigfoot using extreme low frequency, a lot like lions do. And that will give you a feeling of anxiety. And oh, fear. yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's how. They shut all these animals up, like how they shut all the bugs and everything up. They let off this extreme low frequency, and everything just kind of dies. Because they're like, I don't want none of this guy, you know? Oh, yeah. 
absolutely. So, but go ahead and continue. But anyway, the the second uh, story that he told me, um, he used to live on uh, in, in in Monroe County mm-hmm. in uh, on a place Z- Zenith Road, and uh, he and his lifelong friend, uh, mm-hmm. who was also who's also a Marine and an actual war hero, there's mm-hmm. news articles about this guy. Now, is this over near War Ridge by chance? No, no, no. This okay. is um, this is toward this is um, uh, right on the border of Jefferson National Forest, Peters Mountain. Okay, going into what I was saying about federal land, but anyway, uh, him and him and his friend, they decided that they wanted to you know, j- just for the hell of it, wanted to walk up uh, the base of Peters Mountain to the summit, and uh, there's trails where you can do that, but they they did it through like just the you know. Yeah. No trails or anything. They just Bushwhacked went up through the woods. And uh, he said that it took them three and a half to four hours because you've got all kinds of deadfall and, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, steep terrain, and things like that. But they get up uh, close to the summit and uh, it's, it got really rocky, like kind of like cliff facings. Right. And uh, they were going around the sides of the rocks and for whatever reason there was just one perfect uh area where there was dirt and in that dirt was a what he swears to be a mountain lion print mountain lion okay mountain yeah which people say aren't in west virginia but you talk to a lot of the old timers and, and i firmly believe they're here even though i've never seen one don't want to <laughs> but but you know yeah but anyway so They're one of they the scariest them. cats I've ever seen. Well, uh, yeah, they they are, and, and you know, there's not a whole lot of documentaries about them out there uh, yeah. because they're so elusive. Right. But but anyway, they they uh, they found that print, and you know, because they're on the rocks, and you know, the, the the crevices, which could be a cave, they didn't want to walk up on one in a den, and you know, that would just be bad for both of them. So they went back down and obviously it was faster getting down that mountain than mm-hmm. it was getting up and they get to the base of the mountain. They cross over the field and go back to the porch, you know, where they live um, just across the field is the mountain that they, that, that, that that's, that's the whole thing. They didn't drive mm-hmm. anywhere. They just walked across the road, right. walked through a field, walked up to the top and came right back down. So, Anyway, both of them are, are really, really big into uh, Sasquatch. And uh, this would have been uh, his third experience, but this is only the second that, out of three that was in West Virginia. Right. Uh, so anyways, later that evening, they decided that uh, they wanted to go back to the base of the mountain mm-hmm. and do some tree knocks and, and whoops. Right. And uh, so they did. They, they walked across the field, and he said it was one of those really dark nights. There was no moon uh, of any kind. So, they you know, they had their flashlights. They get to the base of the, the mountain, and they start whacking the tree and, and letting out some whoops. And they, they stopped, and they listened. They repeated their cycle uh, a few times, and all of a sudden, they, they got a response. And the response was vocal. And it was way, it was like way way up the mountain. Right. And so they're they're side by side. They can't see each other because they have their lights off, and they're whispering. You know, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? So, so my friend tells his friend, just let out the best call you can. So he lets one out that was just a, apparently had had the right bass, I guess, or, yeah. or, or pitch or whatever. And they said from the top, or he said, from the top of that mountain, they could just all of a sudden start hearing crashing. Right. Something something was running straight to them. And it took that thing minutes, whereas it took them, you know, over hours. Right. This, this and, and pitch black, there was no light of any kind. And it was just coming straight to them. And so... They, they were petrified. They froze, and like again, these are both war heroes. All right, and whatever it was gets down to the base of the mountain, stops within about fifty or sixty yards via ear. Obviously, they couldn't see anything, but guessing. Mm-hmm. 
and what it whatever it was was very heavy like it wasn't like you and i just like crunch crunch this was like a crunch with 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 depth right like it had a real 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 deep footstep which he said was unique because it was only crunch crunch not mm-hmm. crunch 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 you know like yeah you know what like, i mean it was like yeah so and and, and what was what it was, was two feet the, not four <laughs> right exactly exactly that's that's what he was getting at and and he kept stressing whatever this was that they, they had just walked that and he knew what all they had to come through and this thing didn't go around or over this thing was like coming straight just like straight to him it never slipped it didn't fall <laughs> you know yeah. he, he's going through a lot of details here um and so it's you know with, within 50 or 60 yards of them by ear and you know finally they decided we're gonna turn around we're gonna run as fast as we can across the field and we're gonna get to the house mm-hmm. well they didn't do that instead they slowly backed out more like in like a like a, a tactical glide type yeah. thing where they kept facing in the direction that they last heard the noise yeah mm-hmm. all right no. and they didn't want to turn they did they they never turned their lights on yeah um, because they honestly didn't didn't really want i guess want to see what it was but uh you don't want to see it but you don't want to turn your back on it either ex- yeah exactly that, i know i would something came running at me through the pitch pitch dark yeah. woods like that uh, straight down a mountain without falling uh, I, I don't even want to definitely not something i want but anyways they, they were able to get uh, out to the field once they got out to the field and um you know there was no trees or anything to to block like their their flashlights or anything then they turned their flashlights on. Obviously, they didn't see anything, but they didn't see any deer out in the field or, or anything. There was no glowing eyes anywhere right? all the way around them. And they they made it back to their house safely, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just uh, very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Now, you said something interesting. You said he, he let out a, a, a yell, and, like you said, that he hit the right must have hit the right pitch or something. Now that's interesting because you're th- you're you're talking about a possible animal mm-hmm. that could be anywhere from eight to ten feet tall and four feet wide. Now this animal is going to have an incredible set of lungs. Oh yeah, and <laughs> you know if you just Google Bigfoot sounds like. There's some that you're like, okay, that's a person, but then there's some that you're like, oh my god, what is that? Like you can just hear the, you can hear the the bass in the in the in the growl and the, it's just kind of incredible. Yeah, I just just he both both stories either way. Yeah. Um, but but I also uh, even even with this third story, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's one thing that uh, is missing. Mm-hmm. He never saw it. Right. That he never had a visual. In 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 all three stories. Uh, now the, the the third one, which uh, we'll we'll have to do at a later time. Right. Um, the third story is by far one that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. It was. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's he the, the, all the things he's heard and and seen. He's never actually had a visual on anything. Mm-hmm. We had talked there a little while ago about um, did I did I remember correctly? You said you had said something about uh, a UFO sighting somewhere. No, 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 it wasn't a UFO. No. It was a, another police officer that I had met at a conference mm-hmm. uh, last August. Uh, he had uh, an experience at Cranberry Glades. Okay. And uh, it, it's a, it, it was a brief story, mm-hmm. but uh, but anyway, he he and his wife he he's been a police officer for over twenty years, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Anyway, he, he overheard my friend and I talking about it. And, of course, my friend and him have known each other a whole lot longer. I just met the guy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and his wife earlier that summer uh, went camping at Cranberry Glades, again, National Forest. Yep, yep. And they went to what was called uh, Cranberry Backcountry. Yep. Familiar and uh, they, they hiked in there. Uh, I can't remember what the distance was. But, anyways, they set up camp. And uh, they're interested in the, the Sasquatch phenomenon too, 
and uh you know after it got dark and everything they had their dinner and uh anyways for fun he just started doing some tree knocks right Mm -hmm. and uh, obviously he didn't get any response or anything like that so they decided they were going to get in their tent now their tent um the way he described it to me is, is is not really any kind of tent that I've I've ever actually seen myself, but it, it was almost like a teepee. Okay. And uh, this this the it was seven feet tall mm-hmm. to the to the opening in the in the in the roof. And uh, so, anyways, he and his wife they're 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 in the tent and they're laying there they're talking, and they kept hearing you know brush snap you know branches and and stuff moving around. And of course, you know she gets a little uneasy about it. And, you know him him being a police officer, you know just trying to you know ease the situation he's like oh you know it's probably deer raccoons you know we had this for dinner blah 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 blah. yeah well then all of a sudden these this brush started getting closer and closer and closer and uh it comes into the camp whatever it was and it's getting real close to the tent and this is judging by by you know i guess sound depth perception I, i don't know but anyways, they're both laying on their back. They're looking up at the opening in the thing. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of the night, light in the night, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. just disappears. And they see a complete silhouette of a head and a little bit of the shoulders mm-hmm. look at looking directly straight down in the tent at them. And they froze. God, that is eight feet tall. They, 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 yeah. So I mean, if the, if the, if if it's seven feet to the opening, and mm-hmm. this is he's going by the dimensions that you know the the, the manufacturer gave, right? You know, seven feet tall, then obviously he has no reason to doubt that. <laughs> but but anyway, so this thing is looking down in at them. Now they could not see any features, they couldn't see any any facial characteristics mm-hmm. or anything like that, but they could see the silhouette of a head and partial of, of one of the shoulders, mm-hmm. and so it looks at him for a little bit and then it goes and they hear it just takes off running and it just runs down over the hill which was into a creek uh where they were close to where they were camped right so so they laid there she wanted to pack up and go ahead and leave he talked her into waiting until it was daylight which uh very restless nights um would imagine they yeah i know um so they they get up the next morning and they get out and the interesting thing was was whatever it was uh, it didn't bother any of the food. Didn't bother any of the, tr- the the leftovers they had in their trash bags. Didn't bother anything in the coolers. Didn't bother anything that they had left out on yeah. the picnic tables. But neither did any other animal either. Like no raccoons had came in through the night mm-hmm. at any point. Um, and so he a lot of bear up there too. So oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely bear country. Um, but but you know as, as well as I do the the way that black bear are. They get an easy meal. They're going to take it. And nothing yeah. was bought. Like yeah. they, everything was just as they left it. And uh, he and his wife were in such a hurry to get out of there that he didn't even think to, you know, go over the hill and look in the, like towards the creek to investigate to see if he found any mm-hmm. any footprints or, or strands of hair or anything mm-hmm. like that. But they just packed up and got got the heck out of there, as I as I would, you know. Oh no, yeah, I completely completely understand right i was just having a um a conversation with a a mutual friend of ours anthony about it and he's like he brought up a good point and i know me and you have talked about this uh some in the past but you know he said you would think that if it was real one of these redneck guys would have already brought one out of the woods I can't argue with it, but in the same sense, you know, you kind of have the, what do you call it, Occam's razor, the the easiest, the easiest explanation is probably the one, so what do you, what do you think, like, what do you think, do you think they're flesh and blood, do you think they're aliens, do you think they're spiritual? You know, honestly, man, um, I used to think that uh, that that they were just an unknown species of ape. I used mm-hmm. to think that uh, the whole theory of uh, descendants of Gigantopithecus blackie. Right. I used to, I used to think that. Um, 
the, uh, a lot of anthrop anthropologists um, share that theory. But uh, here lately, um, within the last couple of years, I've actually started leaning more towards um, extraterrestrial mm -hmm. uh, for the simple fact that, um, you know, it's, it's all towards federal land. And I've always thought the federal land was hiding something. Um, and then earlier, you know, when, whenever you and I were talking about uh, my recent infatuation with Native American culture. Right. Uh, all tribes in, in North America, all of them have stories, drawings, everything of these of, the, of these creatures. Um, and they believe that it's a guardian of the, of the forest and that it's, it's spiritual. Right. Now, <clears throat> could it be spiritual and extraterrestrial? Could that be the same thing? I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's another theory. Um, yeah, yeah I, I was. I, doing... I, have to, I have to think. I, I have to think that the possibility of spiritual and extraterrestrial would would definitely have to take take the lead above, uh, you know, flesh and blood. And the reason for that is something that I had mentioned uh, in one of our previous conversations of where you hear these stories of uh, somebody tracking, tracking a Sasquatch through a snow-covered field. They get to the middle, and it just disappears. Yes. It, 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 nothing happens. Like there, it doesn't go in any direction. It doesn't backtrack. It just mm -hmm. stops. Now, how in the hell is that possible? Now, and I also mentioned in that conversation where uh, Monroe County, it, there's newspaper articles, and if I can get a hold of them, I'll, 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 I'll show you. Um the, the sheriff's department got a call about that. Uh, they were following these, these huge tracks, like a farmer was following these huge tracks, mm -hmm. get to the middle of the field, and they stopped. And the stride on this thing was like four and a half, five feet. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's a huge stride, whatever it was, it and there's no tracks next to it, like on either side. So it obviously could be a hoax. Mm -hmm. But what put them there? And that field was on the base of Peter's Mountain. Wow. So it's, it's yeah, all in where, that. Yeah. Where you go, where I go into the story that I was telling you mm -hmm. about my buddy telling me in the base of Peter's mountain. So, uh, and it was going in the direction of the mountain. So you tell me, I mean, uh, and, and another thing, you know, when you talk about uh, any of these people, uh, whether it be, uh, native Americans that had, uh, sightings or whether it be hikers or residents of an area, mm -hmm. um, how fast something that big can can move through the forest is it, it almost it almost has to be uh you know something of a of a, of a spiritual or not of this earth i mean right. something you know what i mean like you can't yeah. take a eight to ten foot tall creature that weighs you know 800 to a thousand pounds and all it disappears in five six strides what i mean seriously you know i like, remember it's, it's not like a it's not like a squirrel that can run 10 feet disappear behind brush this right. thing is knocking brush over or should be but yeah. it's not it's just it, it runs into the woods and it's just gone like yeah. what, what how do you explain that you know i remember uh a, a funny story we used to tell about when we would raid the 4-h camp and uh <laughs> yeah. how thorough would he could walk through the leaves and not make a sound yeah, and sneak um, around, and, and he outweighed. Yeah, he's a bigger guy. Good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd say Thurl at that time was probably, I don't know what, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty yeah. pounds, maybe. Yeah, he's a and you know guy. any one of us was probably you know anywhere from one hundred fifty to one hundred eighty pounds. Mm -hmm. So he outweighed us by a pretty good bit. But yeah. I would step on a leaf, and you could hear the entire thing just shatter. Yeah. Whereas he would crawl through, you know, two feet of them and not make a peep. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's, it, it's bizarre. You know, uh, you know, I think the whole UFO, Bigfoot being a mutual thing is really starting to uh, take a little better hold. Because it seems like a lot of people that are having... Bigfoot experiences are also having UFO experiences at around the same time. And, you know, 
you know, they, they see these balls of light, and yeah, um, you know, it's hard to tell what those are, and you know, I don't know, I don't know what Bigfoot is. I, I really have moved past. I'm like you. I've moved past the thinking that it's a flesh and blood creature because, like Anthony said, somebody would have brought one out of the woods by now. Well, n- not necessarily. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, being in a high-stress job, mm-hmm. you know, like I am, there are certain certain things that can terrify you so much that you become paralyzed. Right. Now, and now I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. If, if I'm in the woods deer hunting, and all of a sudden an eight to 10 foot tall creature on two feet mm-hmm. that looks like, you know, the drawings and the pictures that you've seen, yeah. something like that comes walking up on you. Do you really think that you could pull the trigger? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could. Um, well, you know, and, and, and you also got to, you guys got to take this into consideration. And I found this really interesting. I found this years ago. Uh, and if I, if, if I can find it again, or maybe you can find it, um, there's a lot of places that it, it's actually, uh, against federal law to shoot at, shoot, wound, or harass a Sasquatch. I'm pretty sure Oregon is where that's Washington at. State. Washington. Yeah, Washington yes. State. Washington. Yes. That's yeah. what I meant to say. So, so uh, let, let me ask you this or anybody. If they don't exist or something like that doesn't exist, why in the hell is there a law against it? It yeah. makes no sense to me. I always, uh, always think back to the questions like that. The first thing that comes to my mind is on Independence Day with Will Smith, when they're coming over the radio and they say, please do not shoot at the alien craft. It could trigger an interstellar war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, honestly, that that is a that is a very valid point. Um, um, you know, Washington State being one of the places with the highest concentration mm-hmm. of sightings, uh, obviously they would want to throw something out there like, yeah. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they 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 know a lot of shit that we don't, and they right. try to hide a lot of shit. If they're trying to prevent stuff, uh, you know, why not go ahead and just throw that out there? And and you know, John, that the, the the penalty that I read on that was like 10 years in prison and a mm-hmm. half a billion dollar fine if you did. So Man. now while, you know, triggering a war obviously would, uh, you know, you yeah. don't worry about that kind of stuff. But if you put a penalty up so high, nobody would even consider it. Yeah. You know, think about it because, because if you're in Washington state, you down, it's Washington state and you down a Sasquatch mm-hmm. and you're facing half a million dollars in 10 years in prison, you're going to tell anybody. No. So, so what did you just do? What you did was pointless. Nobody's yeah. gonna, you know what I mean? You can't just come out of there and say, hey, I shot Sasquatch. Next thing you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. You you're, might you're, always you're, have that martyr out there that'll, that'll be like, you know, I may be going to prison for this, but my name's going in the history books too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden they, they shoot that green shit down and blow up the, <laughs> blow up the earth. I mean, you know, too, another thing is, you know, I've heard in a lot of reports that Sasquatch has used mind speak and there's people that think that they are very uh, telepathic. Yeah. Is it possible maybe that maybe not only being telepathic and talking to you, but perhaps they can change the way you think. Maybe they can say, they can make you think, "Hey, I probably shouldn't shoot this thing." I, I, you know, they, they, let me let me let me run this by you since we're on that 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 subject. Mm-hmm. I was watching a documentary years ago. I don't remember what state that that it was in, but there was there was a guy that was interviewed. And he was telling his story, and he had a uh, Winchester thirty thirty lever action, which holds what five to seven rounds easy. Yeah. Um, so he, he's hunting and he comes across a Sasquatch and he turns 
and he unloads his gun. Mm-hmm. But when I say unloads his gun, he never pulled the trigger. Not one time. He thought he was, but he just kept racking rounds and just spitting them out. And obviously, he couldn't figure out why this this creature was, you know, standing there throughout the whole thing and then just walked away unscathed. He thought I couldn't have missed, but then he went to pick up his shells and he didn't even pull the trigger. They were all unfired. Wow. So what the hell, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's nuts. Like it's, it's yeah, but but if you if you're talking about mind speak, um, what if this creature just told him to unload his gun and he did what it told him to do? Because because you know like you know as well as I do, you know once you're familiar with guns and you hunt as much as you do, or or uh, you know whatever the case may be, if you're familiar with guns, you mm. know your gun inside and out. It, you know, I mean honestly, man, how fast could, could you and I unload yeah. a shotgun, pull the trigger every time? Probably what. Two, yeah, I mean, two seconds max. I mean, but you know, so why didn't this guy pull the trigger? You know, too. And he told that story on himself, um, knowing that he was going to get backlash. The and to piggyback on that, like you know, you hear a lot of uh, like these alien abductions and stuff. These alien alien abduction stories. Sorry, and uh, their minds are always wiped. I think there's a movie called like uh like fourth kind or something like that but basically what it is is this woman she keeps having these dreams about a about an owl and it ends up being uh she was abducted by gray aliens and a lot of people say that the gray aliens and sasquatch are kind of buddies so to speak and you know maybe maybe you know, and I, and I don't want to sound like I'm dismissing this stuff, but, you know, maybe maybe Star Wars had something right when they were, you know, doing the Chewbacca thing. You know, like, maybe is it something that helps with whatever they are. Maybe yeah. they're like the, maybe they're like the military branch of the Greys. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing theory you out know, there. Honestly, man, uh, I've stopped and, uh, you know, it's since 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 we're getting older, uh, you really start paying attention to things more. Right. Uh, I can't tell you how many movies I've watched that uh, came out when you and I were kids, and you know, we just thought it was a cool movie. But you know, when you get older and you think more and you your eye your mind's opened up, uh, you watch them and you're like, "Damn, yeah, is yeah. that movie trying to tell us something?" Yeah, you you want you want to know what? The, it's interesting you brought up Star Wars, and yeah, maybe that is what what the case may be. Uh, I, I tell you a movie that kind of woke me up based on uh, you know the way everything's going in the world today. Uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Yeah, I was you know, listening to the conversations, and and what was that? What was that? Early nineties or mm-hmm. eight, late eighties when that came out? Yeah, uh, and I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, and and you know Independence Day, and yeah, a lot of these movies, man. It's almost like they're trying to tell us something. And it's you know, strange. I think, uh, I think with a lot of like the UFO videos coming out, and you know, I, I keep. It's funny. I've repeated myself twice on this. You know, the last podcast I did, the last episode, uh, we kind of got into because it, it was about an alien, obviously. You know, I think that there's going to be some type of disclosure uh, soon. And I think that all these movies and all this stuff we're seeing is being used to desensitize us to when it really happens, you know, society won't completely crumble in fear. Oh, yeah. You know, because when you think about it, you know, if extraterrestrials come to Earth, and they have the technology to get here from somewhere else, especially another solar system. Our weapons probably aren't going to do any good. No, you know. No, I, I honestly don't think a two-two-three is going to stand up to that. And then it just kind of goes into the whole, you know, why in the world can nobody, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody can get a decent picture of a Sasquatch. Yeah, have you ever wondered how what, or why every every video, every photo is always out of focus every freaking time? The best explanation I've heard is uh, EMF. 
They have some type of EMF uh, field around them that distorts electronic equipment and keeps like well, that pictures. Would, that, would, that would answer yeah. that question for sure. Um, I mean, that's that's one of the theories I've heard. I mean, whether, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But it is funny right. that people take these pictures and videos and like all you see is a blob running across the screen. And you're like, well, how the hell can you tell what that is? So, but I don't know, man. It's it's a it is an interesting interesting field of study to to be getting in. I'm sure we could probably talk about this all night. Oh, absolutely. Um, next next chance we get, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll let you in on that other story. Now it's a little bit lengthier, um, basically because of the a lot of the detail that he that he went into telling me about it. No, I think uh, we definitely need a. We definitely need to follow up with this interview because I feel like this is, this has been a really good interview. You've always been an excellent storyteller. So <laughs> well, this, I always this, enjoy hearing you talk. All I'm, all I'm doing is repeating repeating these stories, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the next story is a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and uh, and it will really, really, really tie into this this last part of our our discussion right right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because. And basically, what even started the whole thing was uh, while we were at that conference, uh, you know, he and I were at the hotel, mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, you want to run to Cabela's? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, for whatever reason, we just kind of switched over to, you know, on the way over there, we switched over to uh, Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, I, you know I, I'm just really not buying this extraterrestrial thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, Really? And I and I, as soon as he said it, and the way he said it, I was like, you know what? He's getting ready to blow my mind or something. <laughs> and, that, and that and that's when uh, now he didn't tell me the story until we got back to the hotel room. Right. It was just it was just he and I in his room telling a story. And dude, I can't even tell you the chill bumps that that I got during that story multiple times. And uh, but yeah, the next chance we get, we're gonna have to talk about that one because it, it was a extremely good story. Well, that was a that was an excellent teaser because I really want to hear it now. So hopefully we'll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, I gotta go pick up my my daughter from the ball game anyway. So absolutely, man. We'll go take care of your family, and it's been good talking to you. And we'll do this again soon, and uh, maybe even get Kelly in on the interview too, because I know she likes to talk about this stuff. So. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So, she, you get her involved. Definitely going to be interesting because she she's got some good theories too. All right, buddy. Well, go take care of your stuff, and I will holler at you next time. All right, brother.